0: to that week because it was always intense.
1: The
2: man, the myth, the legend, Dante Hall. My, my my favorite player growing up was Dante Hall. I love you guys, Joe, but Dante was my guy.
1: Get the dashing cause on the war
2: This episode of Chief Concerns is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way. To wager on all your favorite sports contests and events with first to market odds and lines find reviews and news for every league including major league baseball nfl nba nhl combat sports esports and even golf bet online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting props and futures Head to bet online today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code believe 50. That's B L E A V five zero to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts hey everybody welcome back to another episode of your post game episode of chief concerns um Marcus Dash here with Lance from the spoken podcast JD will be joining us in the next couple minutes uh but wow I'm already seeing the comments kind of stack up here yeah it was a tough game to watch I'm seeing I'm seeing that's kind of the what's uh, everyone's, everyone's saying right now um Lance I know you and I spoke a little bit before we came on but wow <laughs> I, I didn't think we were gonna win the game. I was already thinking about what like kind of negative stuff we were gonna talk about tonight. But uh, second half, man, defense really—they uh, they, they, you know—they they came through, man. Uh, without the defense, we, we would have lost. We would have lost that game. I mean, because they was seven, seventeen points, and we just kind of held them at that. But man, what, what, what were your thoughts on the uh, on the game?
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I tweeted out as soon as the game was over. It was actually—I I'm lying. Uh, when it was fourth and twenty-six, I tweeted out, "This is the ugliest win." In the Patrick Mahomes era, because as we recall, for some weird reason, AFC South teams continue to give Andy Reid and the Chiefs nothing but trouble. And this predates Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was the first game, the, the only the second game. I'm sorry that Patrick Mahomes has had seven consecutive drives without scoring. And this, and the first time was in 2019 against the Colts, which the Chiefs ultimately lost that game 19 to 13. So this had that had the makings of that happening. And to and to to your point. In a game where Patrick Mahomes has 509 yards of offense on his own, it was the defense that won this game. Yes, Patrick Mahomes was absolutely clutched deep into the fourth quarter and getting that two point conversion as well. But this defense absolutely saved the Chiefs tonight. They allowed 10 yards in the second half in overtime combined and gave up one first down. The wide receivers for the Titans didn't have a single catch. The, the, Steve Spagnuolo, as much as I like to criticize him about certain things that he does sometimes that I disagree with, I have to give the man the flowers. I'm going to give him an entire bouquet of flowers tonight because he was unbelievable tonight. And I actually said on my show on Saturday that I was calling for Steve Spagnuolo to be a key fo- a focal point in this game and how it's all decided, and that is exactly what happened. And just a couple stats for you real quick, Marcus. The Chiefs are now 36-14. and 14 in the in games that Patrick Mahomes starts when they allow 100 or more rushing yards. And they're also now 47 and three in games that they hold their opponent to fewer than 27 points. That is just an unbel Those those two stats are just unbelievable. Yes, it was an ugly victory. It was a game I did not enjoy for about 99% of it. But these are the kind of victories, man, that just show that this team can pull it out because we love to talk about the flash. We love to talk about how this team doesn't play tough football. They withstood it tonight, man. They capitalized on the opportunities, and they finally got it done. It was an ugly victory. I was not expecting it to be this close at all. Credit to the Titans for coming out and playing hard, fundamental football. But the Chiefs outlasted them, man. It is an ugly one. I'm exhausted because of it. I felt like I played, and I wasn't there. So it was a rough one, man, but they they pulled it out.
2: Yeah, I mean – it was, it was a rough one. And, um, I, I think, I think a lot of people are, are taking the day off tomorrow. I, I I did a poll on, on our Twitter account. I think we had like 60% people saying yes, they're taking the day off in some fashion uh, Forty percent <laughs> yeah. are saying no, but I'm sure that 40% will, uh, will find time to either go in late or, uh, you know, maybe, uh, maybe fudge, maybe fudge an illness in the morning, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was a tough game, uh, to watch. Um, And that was the thing. It's like usually we see the offense kind of make more adjustments, right? Like, you know, you kind of see the creativity of the play call in the second half of the offense as a a slow start. But defensively, it seemed like the adjustments made were mostly on the defensive side because offense, the third quarter, we looked the same. Then the fourth quarter, we kind of started to see a little bit where Mahomes, you know, rolling out of the pocket. Because I feel like, and I saw you tweet about this actually, I feel like there's a lot of times in that first half where Mahomes kind of stands in the pocket like four or five seconds. Like, what are you doing, dude? Let, let, let's, let's, I mean, that's the thing. I know a lot of people like to say, Oh, Mahomes bails too early, but like, we weren't, he was staying in the pocket, trying to hang in there. Nothing was happening. I don't know if our, our guys weren't beating the defenders. I mean, we'll probably see the all 20, all 22 view, but I don't know if our, our guys were beating off the the press. I mean, because that's one thing Tennessee does. They do press our guys really well, and they, they're, they're you know they're it's a physical team, um, and they're going to make the rest call it. Either the rest call it or they don't, and they kind of play like that. Um, and I just feel like I just feel like Mahomes w- w- wasn't bailing, and it wasn't until the fourth quarter where he was starting to bail. And then he was, you know, obviously we saw the, the runs he was having in the fourth quarter. But uh, what, what did you think about? Um, I, I guess kind of the, the the lack of. After the first drive, there was a kind of a lack of creativity, I guess. Would say with the offense. What, what, what do you what, what do you think about the offensive play calling today?
1: Yeah, I thought the play calling was atrocious tonight. Uh, there was the, obviously there was missed opportunities. Patrick uh, McCall Harman should have had three touchdowns tonight. He was wide open multiple times. Mm. Uh, he missed Travis Kelsey deep late in the game. There was a lot of drops. In fact, I think Ed Warder uh, from ESPN made a tweet that the Chiefs had the most drops in a game since like. Yep. Not the 1990s, something wild like that, man. So, yeah, th- there was a lot of miscues, but the play calling did not give Patrick Mahomes a lot of opportunity to succeed. He had to really create and be magical. And I know that when you have a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, it's, it's tempting to just allow that to take place. And I heard Collinsworth even mention it, that Patrick and Travis Kelsey will go to the sidelines during the game and just kind of you know talk about some stuff and get a little freestyle going. And a lot of times that works. But in games like this when it's gritty and you have to fight for every single I mean, it seemed like the chiefs were struggling just to get third down conversions on third and inches all night long um it, it, you have to be a little bit more fundamental in your approach and i think that's when andy Reid and eric Bieniemy really need to step in and say all right guys we're going to play a little bit more on a fundamental side now i will defend patrick mahomes in one regard he had 63 rushing yards tonight the rest of the running backs on the team combined had 14. so he was not getting anything out of the run game and i would have to believe that the fluidity of the offense would have been much more prevalent throughout the game had that happen. And let's take it a step further, not to talk too much about special teams because I know we probably will. But had Harrison Butker just made a simple PAT or the field goal, we're not even sitting here talking about an overtime game. The Chiefs still would have won in regulation. So I I didn't like some of the things that Patrick was deciding to do. He was off on a lot of his passes. He looked Mm. very uncomfortable. And it's kind of weird because I don't know if you noticed this or not, Marcus, or maybe some of the people that are watching and listening, it almost feels like sometimes when the chaos isn't there, Patrick feels uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Because we saw last season against the Titans when they beat the Chiefs by 24 points and kept the Chiefs to three points total. He's
2: a dog. They shield.
1: they blitzed him one time and he looked mm-hmm. lost. And then you see in this game a lot of a lot of drives in this game, man, where they weren't blitzing. In it, fact, it I wasn't, think it wasn't they until the
2: fourth quarter, I believe, is when they first started blitzing. actually. Yeah.
1: I think they had one blitz in the first three quarters, if I'm not mistaken. And he looked uncomfortable. And it was weird. Now Andrew Wiley didn't play well. Uh, the offensive line was okay. But it looked like he was uncomfortable when the pressure wasn't there because he just loves to take over when blitz schemes start to come his way. He was you heard him calling them out. 58's coming, 48's coming. Like mm-hmm. you heard him calling those out. So my confusion is is if you can call out the blitzes, you should be able to know when the when the zone coverages are coming, because you should be able to have your guys sitting in those little zones out there and get the ball to the open guy. But it was just like I said, the offense was very clunky tonight. And I think it's simply because they could not run the ball. And I think that as ironic as it is, an air raid offense that the Chiefs like to throw out there when you can't run the ball you see even the greatest of offenses out there like the Chiefs they will struggle
2: mm-hmm. yeah that's something that uh you mentioned how many rushing yards yeah but like the, looking at the splits I feel like I, I I don't know what the snap breakdown was but it was pretty obvious that um McKinnon was the number one guy uh tonight as far as running back who played the most obviously we're playing against a uh a front like that you need to have the probably the best blocker out there so I'm, I'm fine with McKinnon getting all the uh all the reps but as far as running the ball, yeah, so uh, CH four carries five yards, Pacheco five carries five yards, McKinnon three carries four yards, then uh, Michael Burton is uh, one carry for zero yards. But um, gotta say, uh, Pacheco, I know we've heard a lot of hype from him about him. Um, a lot of people, I know you're a big Pacheco fan, and I'm kind of like reserving my, I'm still, st- I still have reservations out on him, but uh, um, I haven't really seen much outside the Buccaneers game. We, we you know we were, we had the lead. We were kind of, you know, we were we kind of do whatever we could do in that game. But like, we really haven't seen much from Pacheco. Um, and I thought I think I saw a tweet. Someone tweeted it. Uh, This is kind of a smart ass tweet, but it was uh the oh, Pacheco letting that uh that ball be a touchback um to start uh, overtime was it was the best thing uh, Pacheco's done all night. <laughs> that was a pretty good one. I don't know where I saw that one. <laughs> um, what what did you think about the running backs? I, I thought that uh. Obviously running rushing wise, we don't really do much, but I would say that um the biggest play play from the, from the running back today was uh CEHs on that. Was that that was that third? Was that was that four? Was that fourth and short? Or was that third and uh third and short? That was third four. and short. Third and short. Yeah. I mean, that looked like it was done. That play was but was, was was dead no, down on arrival. That, I mean that might
1: have actually been a fourth down if I think about I it. Think it
2: yeah, I think it was yeah. a fourth I, I thought we were I thought we get sacked. I mean that was that was, yeah. that was horrible. Ceh only wanted to kind of come back to the ball, man. I thought like, okay, he's going to earn himself some playing time because at that point we really saw Ceh and yeah. um, yeah, it was good to see him uh, kind of break in like that. But what are you seeing from the backs? Obviously, we're not getting we're not getting any push from any of these guys. No one's like breaking out. But like, what are you what are you seeing from these guys that you're like, oh, I see promise in that. And I know you've been on the record about bringing the guy who wanted to be released from our team, Ronald Jones, uh, in there. And I think. I think it's time we, we, we press the uh, the uh, the eject button on, on what we got going on right now and bring in Rojo. I mean, I, I don't know what kind of roster moves we have to do we have to send somebody down the practice squad to bring him up, but uh, I think it's time to see what Rojo's got because he's hungry. He wants opportunity somewhere. Let's kind of see what we got because we're not really getting anything from the running game, and I don't know if that's the running back issue or the O line issue, but. I think we need a little a little boost in the
1: in the uh, with the running backs. What are you what are your thoughts? Yeah, yeah, I don't think it's I don't think it's a reactionary take to have anymore. I think that we've seen multiple games now throughout this season where the Chiefs just simply cannot get any life out of the running back game. And to what you said initially on that take that you had about Jarek McKinnon being the guy that looked like he was getting the majority of snaps tonight. That's that to me. That is so intentional of Andy Reid because I look at. I think the Chiefs view Jarek McKinnon as like that juice guy, that veteran juice guy that they just can rely on in, in, a, in a pinch. And he's he's delivered far more times than he hasn't over the last year and year and change. When he got that postseason run last year, and the majority of this season, when they've really needed a a good big like dump off, you know, little bubble screen, you know, to dump off and let the center and the guard take over. I think that's the kind of play that McKinnon had. He almost broke that one loose tonight, and if he would have done it, it wouldn't have shocked anybody. But yes. This is exa- this game is a prime example of what I've been saying. I know a lot of people think it's nuts to say, but go look at Ronald Jones's career numbers. This guy his numbers dwarf any running back that is currently on the chief staff and it's not even close. And he's not some old wily veteran running back. He's only 25 years old. So Ronald Jones has plenty of juice left in the tank. He's plenty he's got plenty of motivation because he's on a one-year deal right now. Hmm. So he knows that this is an opportunity for him to showcase on a team that's on primetime every other week. And, and I, I don't understand, like, I know that I know that Andy Reid's a patient guy. I know that they like to give guys multiple chances. But this is the kind of game where you had to rely solely on your quarterback. Now, when he's making half a billion dollars, it makes sense to rely on him. But these are AFC matchups, man. And the Chiefs, if they'd lost this game, would have went to two and three. Mm. And that's just not, that's not something you want to deal with down the stretch, especially when you have, I believe, eight of the remaining ten games are against AFC opponents. Mm-hmm. So you have to be able to capitalize on these types of games, man. And it just it's unfortunate because, like I even said, about third downs. It looked like for the majority of this game, they were just relying so much on Patrick Mahomes just to extend plays and whirl around and make something happen and just be magical. It's fun. We mm-hmm. like it as fans, as a viewing audience, because that's what makes him great. But yeah. you can't rely on that on a week-to-week basis, let alone a play-to-play basis. So getting guys like Ronald Jones out there and seeing what he's got is, to me, is, is is a given at this point because the other mm. running backs are just simply not producing enough for me to sit here and defend them and say they deserve these snaps over a guy like Rojo, who's proven it in this league for a team that won a Super Bowl just a couple of years ago.
2: Yep. Yep. No, I, I agree, and I'm curious to see what, all, what our uh, resident tight end, Jason Dunn, thinks about this. So, uh, J.D., how you doing, buddy? Are you uh, you feeling all right after that rollercoaster of a game?
0: <laughs> uh, man, nerve-wracking. Absolutely <laughs> nerve-wracking you know but okay man I, and lance is speaking my language I, I, I hear exactly everything he's saying i agree with every bit he just said what's up lance what's up brother it is good
1: to see you my friend and congratulations to you my friend we Thanks. love you man i'm so i'm so glad to see you happy see you smiling man it's a it's it's a good thing when jd's a happy man that's that's all i got to say
0: about it yes sir yes sir very happy man very happy man thank you very much thank you very yeah. much mm-hmm. Yeah, for, all
2: your, for, for all you, for all you listeners, uh, Lance is congratulating JD because JD is uh, a newly is a newlywed. He just got married last weekend, and uh, so he's still. He got hitched. Look at that thing.
0: Look at that bling.
1: Sorry, hard- ladies. Sorry, ladies. He's off the market. He's Too off hard the
0: market. Hardware. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been off the market for a while though. I've been off the market. for a while. <laughs>
2: But, um, Jay, we were talking about, um, what well, obviously your thoughts to the game. I, I'd like to know that we were talking about how the run game just hasn't, hasn't looked good. And you and I on the show this past week, we were talking about Rojo asking for a release wants out. It's like, we have a need for him at this point. And you heard, well, you were Lance had to say, Lance had a lot of say on it, but I mean, what, what do you, what do you, you see? Is it, is it the O line not getting pushed or is the running back not having any vision? What, what, what is it from what you, what, from what you can see?
0: Man, you know what? I I just think it's a number of things. I I just don't think we're consistent enough for running the football. uh, For one, that we just we make it a priority. I think that's probably part of the problem. To be honest with you. Uh, And number two, you know, when we do get two or three different yards, and then it's like, oh, okay, we go right from it. And so what you do is now you put a lot more stress upon Patrick Mahomes and the wide receivers get open, which it, it will come back and bite you. If you continue to do that, man, it's just it it just will not. It's not going to bode well for you later on in the future. You know that's the thing about it because Patrick will end up starting taking more hits. He'll start running a little bit more, you get more wear and tear on him, and that's what you don't want to do. And so you got to be able to establish the running game. You have to be able to do that. We got guys up front who can absolutely open up some holes, uh, put their hands in the ground, and, and and come off the football. But we're just not doing it. We just we just don't make that a priority. And so I know you was talking about Rojo a little bit, I, and to be honest with you, I don't see why we're not using him. Why not bring him in? Right, I mean, we're not using any other guys in any other way, and so Rojo could be that back who brings you a lot more physicality to uh, to that group that you need. I think Pacheco was one that would would kind of give you a little bit of that, but you need, a, like you said, a veteran guy who understands, you know, NFL's been hit in the NFL, understands NFL defenses, who is hungry. Rojo is hungry right now. He, look, he's angry. When you said he wanted uh, he wanted a uh, a release. Man's upset. He's look, he's I'm I'm guarantee right now his patience is more thin, and so there's no reason why the Chiefs are are, you know keeping him on the roster if you don't give him a release, then use him, use this guy. Why not? Why would you use a guy like that? So, um, I think that's you know part of the reason I think part of the problem is we just don't make it a priority, uh, enough to do that. I mean, we we threw the ball 68 times. Thank you, everybody. Congratulations, appreciate it, all the guys. Everybody, give me the thanks and the congratulations. Thank you very much. <laughs> so, so, yeah. yeah, um, that's it. I, I think it's just that's just to me. It's just I, I think it's just it's a bad look, especially when you you you're looking to go deep in the playoffs. You got to have a running game. You have to. You, that has to be a threat. If, if teams not one, they're not worried about you running the football. Then you know what? Hey, they're just gonna sit back and that, it, it made it a little tough for, for Patrick today. Uh, they were just saying that he threw for 400 and some yards today and it was the hardest 400 yards you could possibly see somebody throw for, right? Mm-hmm. And I agree. I absolutely agree. Uh, so things like that's got to change, man. You you got to change, you know, to fit these guys that you got at least in here to at least let these guys, man, just come off the football and smash some smash guys in the mouth, you know, because it's just – I don't like that look at all, seriously.
2: Um. So the, one of the biggest things I saw on Twitter was uh, O line play specifically, uh, and even on our chat here, we see um, Wiley and uh, Orlando Brown getting called out big time. Uh, I think I, I saw a lot of people on Twitter saying, after this display, I, I really hope we Devich does not pay um, Orlando Brown what he's at what he's asking, just because he hasn't really shown anything. And and and, and that's what the, you and I talked about. It's like where you know you know he's letting the rust come off at of the training camp, like not being there for the first two weeks. But like we're we're far we're far past that now. So you know we went going into week week ten now. Um, and it's like it's. I mean, what are you seeing from the tackles and just kind of the old line in general?
0: Uh, you know what uh, I think part of that struggle is the you know knocking the rust off. He had an injury a little bit earlier. They really didn't want to divulge that, but he did. They, you know we knew there was something going on with his knee or maybe his his ankle, maybe something like that. But we knew something was going on with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then also too, yeah, When you think about the system that we run, uh, it was different from the one that he ran up there with with Lamar Jackson and those guys up in uh, 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 in, in the, with the Ravens. Yeah. And so it was more of a run heavy type of offense that you knew you was going to be able to do a little bit more play action on the things that you're that you're doing up there, as opposed to now. Look, defensive ends are absolutely teeing off. I'm telling you that they, um, they're, they're telling those guys just beat them to a to a point. That's all you have to do. Just keep coming around. Keep coming around. Pass is going to get deep. You could tr- hes going to try to roll out. You just keep coming. You're going to get the sack. And so that pressure uh, against him and Wiley—you know—they just know that they—they're they, going to throw the football. They know that. <laughs> like they know, as a defensive end, you know you got several pass rushes chances to get opportunity for you know, uh, uh, you know, a couple of knockdowns and maybe getting a, a couple of sacks. Like I would love to play the Chiefs because you know you're going to have opportunities at least 40 opportunities to come get the football to get a couple of sacks, right? Yeah. This Why not go against this team while you're doing it? And so you could you could do double moves on Wiley uh, and, and, and OBJ, just for the simple fact, because these are bigger guys that, you know, they heavier loads. I don't think they're built for that pass protection all the time. I, I just don't. I don't think. It's just it's tough for guys to do that. And so, you know, one of the things on OBJ was, of course, his, his strength. You know, getting his hands on guys and, and just kicking back. That was going to be tough. Wally is a guy that came in to fill in. Uh, and he's done a, a decent job, right? I mean, that's you're asking him to hold up, and he's been trying to do that. But you're going to have premier guys that's going to be licking their chops. They're going to be looking at chops after Wiley. And so uh, they just know it. They just know the Chiefs going to throw the football.
1: I, I, everything that Jason just said is 100% correct because of the fact that you look at stylistic how different the styles are for Orlando Brown Jr. in particular from going from the Ravens, and not just going from the Ravens to the Chiefs and how different their their um, uh, their ideology of offense is. It's also him going from right tackle to left tackle, which is why I gave him a break last season. And then, obviously, he did have the knee injury going into this season, not having much in training camp, all the excuses you could throw out there. But it, there is something to the effect that we're seeing – and I, and I know this sounds wild coming from a guy like me who just does nothing but praise Patrick Mahomes, but there's there are times in games like this where Patrick doesn't really help his offensive line out because, like J.D. said, these defensive coordinators are telling their guys, look at the film. Patrick's going to dance around in the pocket a lot. He's going to move in and out of the pocket, and sometimes, although a lot of good has come out of it, a lot of great has come out of it, you see these frustrating plays where it looks like the tackles are giving up big sacks, When really what it is that Patrick continues to climb backwards in that pocket and it makes it easier for those pass rushers to get him and it sets up his tackles for failure because they're on those one-on-ones already. Guys like Andrew Wiley, let's be honest, he's naturally a backup tackle to begin with. So him being on those islands is always going to be set up for failure no matter how much he tries, and he does try. He gives it his best, man. But games like this are going to happen because he's just not good enough to be a a consistent tackle. That's why this guy has played guard in his career, and that's why they drafted Lucas Niang two years ago because they want him to be that tackle. And whenever Lucas Niang is healthy enough to play, he's gonna play because he's more talented than Andrew Wiley. He's gonna be the right tackle if and when he can ever get right. Hopefully that happens because this offensive line needs help on the right side, and Andrew Wiley's giving it all he's got, but he's just not good enough, man. The OG, oh, the Orlando Brown Jr. situation is different because, like, like JD was just alluding to, it's style. It's a stylistic difference. He's more of a run-style tackle, and he's still adjusting his game. Has he lost million, millions of dollars for his next contract? Yeah. He bet on himself, and I respect that. But it hasn't worked out for Orlando Brown so far, but I'm still not going to give up on the guy because I've seen a lot of good come from him as well. I think what happens is, is that the optics of what's happened this offseason season and him not playing to the level that we've expected him to, now people are just looking for the misses and aren't paying attention to the hits. But he's been good this season. He just hasn't been great to this point. And I'm not going to knock him yet because I still believe that great tackle is still in him. He's still only a 25-year-old guy. I think he can catch his stride, and I'm expecting him to.
0: Yeah. Uh, William came said, He said, you know, the past 68 times we expect a guy to do. Look, I've I, I, I been out there on that edge, a block of pass rushers, my entire time, I understand how hard of a job that is to do, especially with the guys when they when they got their ears peeled back and they are coming. They, look, they when I'm salivating, I'm telling you, absolutely salivating just to do things. And so you have to worry, especially out there at tackle. You're on an island. I don't think people don't realize how exact how tough that really is to be out there in space where you don't really have somebody. You know, you got the guard, but the guy is more engaged into like the center. Or anything else. He's got guys more in front of him. But when you got a guy out here, wide nine, and you got to step out there, and you got to, you know, see how fast he's coming, get your hands up, and trying to stop him, too, and, and stop the charge, I mean, bull rush. I mean, we're talking about rip moves, spin move. I mean, there's just a bag of just moves the guys can just do out there for you. And so, when you're sitting out there that many times, having to deal with something like that, man, it's going to be a tough alley for anybody, for any tackle. I don't care who would I don't care you can name the best, it's going to be tough for any tackle to be out there, you know, having to block that many times in the pass pass protection. It is. So, uh, you know, the thing is, you know, when you do things like that, obviously you got to try to give them some help, you know, with the chips and whatnot like that, man. But we, but what's going to help them out more than anything else is a running game. You, you got to establish a running game. You got to help those guys. If you want to slow down a pass rush, run the football being effective of running the football. And that will stop all the pass rush. It will. Hit these defensive ends a few times. That's why when you see, you know, somebody like, you know, Derrick Henry, fourth quarter, why they're so good, is because they're wearing the defense down. You got to tackle. You got to keep hitting these guys. And so when they're trying to make a tackle on on Derrick Henry or or whoever your running back is, then the offensive line gets extra cheap shots on the guys, hitting them in their legs and their ribs. That's what, you know what? That's, That's how you throw a guy down. When he's trying to tackle somebody, you come in and you you clean them up real quick. Yeah. I mean, that slows everything down. And so when you look at them, they hold their ribs and they, they back. You're like, okay, that, that took a couple of pass rushes out of them, right? <laughs> that's, that's, that's the reality of it. So yeah, we just got to help the offensive line out. Uh, but like you said, man, Patrick, when he does, you know, he, you know, he's a magic man. He's doing things back there. And so you got to clock off in your head. You, you're sitting over here and you get your hands on guys. But that clock is going off. You know, Patrick's running around back there. Sometimes it's like, man, look, hey, you know, what, what am I going to do, right? Screen passes, too. Yeah, Lenny, absolutely, screen passes. I mean, there's a lot of different things you could possibly, you know, you could do to stop it, stop at least slow the pass rush down.
1: But well, absolutely. and hey, real quick, real quick, JD, to that point about yeah. the run games being what opens up everything and, and, and diffusing those pass rushers. Look back at your time, man, back in the early 2000s with the Chiefs and how great that offensive line was, how great you and Tony were at blocking and, and opening things up. That run game made things for Trent Green that much easier as well with the play action, with everything else, getting guys like Kenison, Tony Gonzalez, you, all these guys getting open was all started with the run game. That's. I mean, I know it's a different era. I know that run games were more prevalent back then where offenses were built on the run game. But even in today's NFL, you see that when teams have successful run games, what happens more times than not? They win those games. Look what just happened against the Jets and Bills. The yeah. Jets were able to run the ball on third downs and extend drives on the Bills, and it gashed them open. And then what happened? They ended up winning a close game, man. So even today, 20 years later, it's still very much a relevant topic to, to discuss and for them to execute.
0: Absolutely. 100%. 100%. You know, I, I just think, you, you know, you just can't get away from that phase of the game. Uh, Like I said before, you know, if if I'm a defense and a defensive end, I would love to go play the Chiefs because you know you have several opportunities to go get the football, go get the quarterback. So uh, that's where we are.
2: I just think as far as like, you know, seeing how in general for us, I mean, obviously at the end of tonight's game, we were getting back there. We were getting pressure on uh, Willis. But like for us, just to get any kind of pressure, we usually have to dial up a lot of blitzes. And that's one thing that I've kind of noticed, where you know, take to go to the AC championship game last year. Cincinnati, Cincinnati was getting back to uh, getting back at us with just their their, their front guys. They weren't blitzing. They weren't sending any extra guys. It was their front guys, um, Hendrickson and um, uh, with the the other edge, um, uh, Hubbard, Hubbard and Hendrickson were, were getting back to us with just the guys in the front. They were rushing us. They were getting back to Pat. And then this game, you see that the front four guys. They were barely they, – they, they sent one blitz in the first three quarters. I mean, they weren't sending any blitzes, there, and they were getting back to us. And, I, and if you look at us, we have to send blitzes in order to get to a quarterback. And I guess, for me, it's like, what, 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 what's our O-line doing that, like, you know, they don't have to send blitzes in there, and, and they can get to they can get to our guys? I guess that's one thing that I just kind of – that kind of bothers me is that we have to send blitzes in order to get to their teams, uh, the other teams' quarterbacks, and the other teams don't have to do that
0: to us. Well, but they, they could rush for you know, because you're sitting over dropping seven, and so you're dropping into coverage, you know, it's cover sacks. And so you have, a, like a lot of it, where Patrick's looking for guys to be open, they're not, because, you know, they're sitting in zone, they're sitting in, 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 in alleys and whatnot, but Patrick doesn't see the opening. And so all you tell your guys up front is just keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. Because what you do is, as a defense, you got to show, you know, you're going to run something and you may not run it, right? Linebackers come up, then they back out. So you got to make your count based off what you see. Mm-hmm. And so it's sometimes what ends up happening when a guard tries to come back at the on, on the back end. It's late. It's like it's too late by this time. He's you know he's sitting up here making his pass, whether it's, it's left or right. If they you know whatever they want to do, how they call it, the uh, the offensive game uh, or the blocking scheme. They know it's going to come late, and that's the reason defenses do that thing because they want to give a, a, a particular look to make it seem like they're doing something, and they're not. But yeah. that's that's why it makes it tough for for Patrick sitting back there, sitting there thinking like, man, okay, well, I thought the blitz was coming. How many times we hearing you know ask call cover zero out, right? He was calling, he let the wide, the wide receivers know, hey, look, they're going to do it, they're going to do it. So it was a great game plan by Tennessee. They do a good job with that. Brable, you know, look, we know he comes from the school of Belichick and those guys. So they had a good game plan as far as I had they wanted to play uh, in Kansas City. So I, I got to give my hats off to them, give them credit because man, they understood what what the task was. They knew that, and so they did a good job as far as holding us the seventeen points yards. Yards is what we they gave up, but it was tough yards, tough yards mm. all single night, all night. It was just tough. Yeah,
1: yeah, and that's the other thing too about this. With the style of the way Spags plays defense, too, I think that it's natural that you're going to get a lot of pressures from guys that aren't exactly your front four. I think that's just the way he does things. But also, let's let's be real. The Chiefs are a team that, unlike a lot of teams they faced, don't have a lot of great or at least above average uh, proven commodities at the edge rush. You know, They have George Karloftis, a the guy they took in the first round. He's still trying to prove himself in this league. Uh, their best pass rusher is Chris Jones, who plays an interior defensive line position more times than he doesn't. Whereas you look at the rest of the, the the teams the Chiefs have placed this season. Earlier in the year, they had they had Joey Boza on the outside, Khalil Mack on the outside. You look at tonight, like they have veteran pass rushers on the outside. You look at the the, the Bills. I mean, Bills have four guys on their defensive line. They don't even have to blitz half the time, and they get insane pressures with mm-hmm. Russo, Von Miller, and Ed, and Oliver and all these other guys. So the Chiefs are going against. That on their offensive line side, while on their defense, don't have those kinds of guys yet, which is why I was hoping during the trade deadline they were going to be able to get one of those dudes because that would change the outcome of a lot of these. And I agree with you, Marcus, one hundred percent. You're one hundred percent spot on about that, about how it's so frustrating to see it that way, where it's almost like you're window shopping. You're like, "Damn, man, I wish we had that too." You know, it looks it looks so nice to have those yeah. kinds of. Things. I wish we had that. That's the way. Of, I feel the same way, but I think there is. Context to it when it comes from a matchup to matchup perspective that some of these teams that take to Chiefs have taken on have some of these luxuries on the defensive end, the defensive line, and on edge rush. The Chiefs just simply don't have right now.
2: Mm-hmm. And another interesting thing about the Tennessee, because we talked about all the different defensive lines we played, um, that Tennessee defensive line is made up of a lot of two, two of those guys are made up of Raiders cast offs, Autry and uh, Mario Edwards, two guys yeah. that a lot of Raiders fans thought they were bums and kind of just let them go. And I think we're now seeing it. It's maybe may in coaching that they were, they had up in, in, in Oakland, the fact or Vegas that they come to Tennessee and they, they kind of, they kind of thrive. So, um, yeah, I mean, those are two guys who, you know, have, have gone to Tennessee and actually like, looked really well. So that's, uh, that, that, that tells you all you need to know about that Tennessee coaching over there <laughs> or, or about the, or about the Raiders coaching. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know really where to go with that, but um, so first half, um, we, you know, we JD, we we, we had talked on the show, we've talked about it too. Is that the our run defense? And we thought our run defense, you know, it's been kind of the last few weeks, the J- Jacobs game, uh, Bills letting Singles Harry kind of uh romp us a little bit. Um, San Francisco, Jeff Wilson Jr., and C- and McCaffrey both did well in that game. Um, and then we came to today. First half looked kind of rough, second half defense came out and, and made adjustments and dominated, but. What were you seeing in that first half in in this game today? Did this make you say we need to go find the best interior D lineman out there right now to, to kind of shore up that, that the inside the trenches? What did you think about the the run that the run stopping today, JD? <laughs>
0: <laughs> sue, Sue, Sue! I know what what Marcus want me to do. I, I know yeah. what you're going to say. That's it. Sue, <laughs> Sue, Sue! Right? <laughs> look, hey, look, I, I, we knew it was going to be a tough task. Uh, with that monster back there, and, and Derrick Henry, uh, and you've seen it. You know he just needs a little crease, man. He's two hundred and fifty, and it was a lot of bad tackling. It was it was some bad efforts as far as like trying to make a tackle. We're like why would you come and try to hit Derrick Henry up top? I mean, for, I mean, I I seen a couple of them. I think Thordy him didn't want no part of it. There was a couple guys who told us <laughs> the thing, They did, all the and they're not used to hitting that guy that big. And I I think you know they it was you know young secondary. They, they kind of was making some business decisions on some of those. <laughs> uh, but I, there was a lot of – and I think, honestly, they probably could have called holding every single play because uh, uh, they was grabbing bolt man. Bolt was trying to get by, man. They had their hands around his waist. I mean, you know, Gage should have been in there a, a few more times. But, you know, you just you, trying to contain Derek Henry was going to be the big task. Everything runs through them, through him. Uh, but, yeah, deep tackle. We, we, we've said that. we said that, you know, guys got to step up. I, I like Saunders. I said Saunders have been playing well. He's been playing, you know, he's he, good flashes here and there, man. I, I, I like his game this year as far as other D tackles uh, that that play right beside Chris. Uh, but, man, I, I, Shelton, where's all the we, – we need some guys from run stoppers, some guys pe- causing penetration, pushing guys in the backfield. Uh, and, I, and I hate saying that, uh, guys, man, but we just got to see it. I, I mean, I'm sorry. It just we That's what we have to see defensively. You make it easier for the linebackers. You make it easier for the secondary. And so when you got a big joker like that going into uh, the secondary, nobody wants to touch a big big, big sucker like that, man. They still won't do it. It's tough. Yeah.
1: It's tough. If I had told you guys that coming into this game that the Chiefs were second and rush and brush yards allowed or fewest rush yards allowed and fewest rushing touchdowns allowed would you believe that because that was 100 the truth and it's crazy to say that because over the last month the Chiefs have not been good defensively at, against stopping the run but here's the thing and and I'll bring up the stat again and 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 that way anybody that just joined can can understand just how insane this is to think about but I have two points I want to make about it so in the Patrick Mahomes era when Patrick Mahomes starts games The Chiefs are 36 and 14 when they allow 100 or more rushing yards. That's over 70 percent of a win percentage when you give up that many rushing yards. So, in totality, as arrogant as it sounds, it hasn't mattered. It really hasn't mattered. And so, with that being said, I can live with Derek John Henry, as I like to call him, because this guy's not human. He's John Henry, man. The stories they tell—that's what this guy is. I'm telling you, living with—I can live with him doing what he did tonight. Because you just—that's just what he is. He's just a demigod. It's stupid how great this man is and how big he is. He's—he's he's literally Jason Dunn out there. It's—it's—it's it's, yeah. it's crazy, man. And so it's—it—it it, I can live with that. I can live with Josh Jacobs having a game. I can live with those things. What I can't live with is seeing what the what the Bills did when when the Bills came in here and re- rushed for over hundred yards. When that's a team that can't run the ball, that's when it's unacceptable because that's what's going to give Josh Allen that much more of an advantage because things open up for them down the field. So we can live with Malik Willis having a Derek Henry doing that. We can live with a Derek Carr having a Josh Jacobs do that. But in matchups where it ha- when you have another quarterback that can make plays like Patrick Can, that's when it's going to matter, guys. So tonight it wasn't fun to watch in that first half especially, but at the same time as I said at the very opening of this with Marcus, I'm going to say it again, man, as much as I want to as much like as criticize Spags for some of the decisions he makes at times, he was on fire in that second half with the way he drew things up, and his defense answered the call, allowing only ten yards with two and a half quarters left to play in that game. And that's that. That's just that's what I think this defense is. They're frustrating at times, but they don't give up a ton of touchdowns on the ground. In fact, I think they've only given up four rushing touchdowns all season. So at the end of the day, you give up yards. But if you ain't giving up touchdowns and, and your offense is doing enough to win, which they're still leading the league in scoring, by the way, I can live with it. I can. I don't love it. In fact, I don't like it. But I can live with it.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of the context kind of goes into, you know, who you're playing, right? So, like you said, Derrick Henry was got guy that you had to stop. That's That's where the offense definitely goes through when you're playing Buffalo, you know, giving a wide receivers. So if yep. a guy like McKenzie or all those guys in the backfield, you know, they got 10 of them, you know, those guys when they run and make a lot of yards, it's not really a big of a deal because, you know, Josh Allen, Digs Davis and all those guys are going to get, you know, the brunt of the offense. They, they you know, they're going to go through, you know, through those guys. So I think that's a lot of it. That's and I get what your point what you're saying. I, I'm, I agree with you, Lance, Uh Derrick Henry, like you start getting him rolling, you know that's when it just kind of it's it's a little bit bad because the thing is a big guy like that he'll hurt somebody in secondary. You don't want that to happen. That's the thing about it. So you got to stop him with the guys up front. And so, uh, you know, it's always based off of what what Spags does. Who we're playing? Who's it? You know, when you're you're making, you know, all the defensive adjustments about. Okay, look, second half we're not going to let this guy beat us. We know Malik Willis is not going to beat us. They don't have new receivers out there that's going to beat us. Guess what? Let's concentrate right now about getting penetration, getting guys taking two to get our linebacks to go flow. And I think Bolton start flowing a little bit more, man. He started seeing it. You've seen him start making some plays. And I was just like, man, he, he's just playing at a high level, second half, man. He, was, he did a, a tremendous job. Uh, but I think the, the first half, man, guys probably had some ices on their on heads in the halftime. <laughs> hey, man. Y'all had to tell me it's gonna be a big guy like this running through here, you know. So yeah, I think it but that that's you you just have to we we keep talking about the defensive tackle. We need another guy that's gonna be a run stopper. You have to have that guy, you know. Why is Shelton not be in use? Dominica, Sue, Marcus. I'm gonna leave it on you to go find that guy. I'm I'm, I'm I want you to go find <laughs> yourself, okay? I want you to go, hey, you go run him down, find out where he is, knock on his door. <laughs> See what's going on with him. You tell him, like, look, I've been wanting to get you here more than anybody else. All right? Somebody needs to talk to that man. All right? We'll see We'll see if we have a little money for him. Okay? We got a little money for him. So, see what he's going to do. Well, there was
2: a report that came out yesterday that, that, that apparently we're, we're one of the teams that's interested in him. So, that was a report that, was a report that came out yesterday. Maybe after today's performance, that first half, maybe they'll uh, they'll jump on it. Um, but yeah, you know, Shelton was one guy that we brought in the off where we we're like, okay, he's he's a he's a run stopper. He's not no pass rush, not really. That's not his thing, but a run stopper. And we thought this should be the game that he. I mean, it would I mean, be a perfect game to, to kind of get him involved a little bit. Uh, but not seeing him, whoever, who knows what reason that's for or why why we haven't seen him. But yeah, I think. The one thing I will say is that we had a comment here. Um, I guess – and this is also a carry a bounce back from this question, though. So we knew Tennessee was going to run the ball. So my question is, why didn't we kind of st- – why, why, why weren't we able to stop that, to kind of to stack the box, to kind of stop that? And when we did stack the box, uh, Malik was pulling in. He, he had eight carries for 40 yards. About five, he averaged like five yards a carry. So my question is, from then, when we play Baltimore, is that going to be problematic? I mean, but is is Lamar going to kind of dominate us, or is it more so we haven't – there's not much film on Malik Wills. We don't really know much about him, why we couldn't really game plan for him, you know, his legs. I mean, I, I don't know. I saw a lot of people saying as well that we I'd be scared to play more based on the way we couldn't contain um, Wills in the playoffs this year.
0: I, I, think it's, I think it's different. I mean, I really do. I think Tennessee's line is pretty they, – they got a good offensive line right? They have to be to get the holes open for Henry. And like I said, he just needs a little bit. And then you get to run behind those pads? I mean, shoot, what do you do? So I think Baltimore is a little bit different because you can kind of see it. The linebackers can kind of sit back and kind of watch Lamar and put a spy on him. You know, just kind of keep him in the pocket. Having run in between the tackles, that's what you want to be able to do. And so it's, it's almost the same thing. Uh, You know, they got Andrews, but as far as, I mean, DuVernay another wide receiver i mean they you know we you don't i don't i don't really worry about their 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 wide receivers as much so it's not 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 really a big deal lamar's the one that you got to stop okay so i think we got fast enough linebackers and gay and bolton you know to make those uh make those adjustments to go get lamar to oh
1: yeah if we're talking about baltimore right now if there was to be a potential playoff matchup um, not to sound disrespectful, and I'm and this is coming from a guy that was very big on Baltimore coming into the season. I thought they were gonna have a big year. I thought they were gonna have I thought they were gonna win 13 games this year. And once again, they're banged up on both sides of the ball. I think I think Rashad Bateman's out for the year, if I'm not mistaken, and Mark Andrews isn't even supposed to play this week against the Saints. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and here's the biggest thing about the Ravens throughout the last four years against the Chiefs. The Chiefs are not only three and one against the Baltimore Ravens. But in all four of those games, the Ravens had at least 130 rushing yards if I'm not mistaken. I can go look look that back, but they've done whatever they wanted to on the ground, and it has not mattered in those matchups. So I don't mean to sound dismissive, but this Ravens team isn't as good as those Ravens teams over the last three years both offensively and defensively. Lamar Jackson hasn't been right in a while, and their defense is terrible, especially in the secondary. So even if they were to have a good ground uh, performance, I think Patrick Mahomes is going to throw four touchdowns against that defense. So... Not to sound dismissive, I understand the question. It's totally fair because I do think they would probably run the ball pretty well. And, and again, over the last month, who hasn't against the Chiefs? But I just think that when it comes down to, like, the end of the game, are they going to score enough touchdowns? That's the question. I know that tonight was an ugly-ass game on the offensive side, but are we really banking on the Chiefs playing this, way, this bad offensively each and every week? No, I'm not, especially when the playoffs come around because we know how this team activates each and every time they do play. But I will say this, just to throw this out here. It is kind of weird to me though how the Chiefs have played so differently from the road and at home games. So they're they're 3 and 1 in both road and home games this year, right? They're 3 and 1 in both road and home. But on the road the Chiefs average 37 points a game and at home they only average 24. So it's 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 I think there's a little bit of a focus issue right now when it comes to the Chiefs. And I don't know what you guys' thoughts on that. I don't want to take over the show, but I just wanted to throw that out there because I don't know if that was something you guys have noticed over the over the 8 games of the of the schedule so far.
2: J.D.? Uh,
0: Well, sure. We had to look at the opponents we we played, right, at at the stadium in in a way. I think that's part of the difference, too. Uh, Well, just
1: for instance, the Chiefs played two number one defenses on the road and put over 40 points on both of them, Buccaneers and the Niners.
0: Yeah. You know, to me, like I would not really – I mean, I know they were number one defenses. And to be honest with you, when I watched them play, it just didn't really seem like number one defenses, to be honest with you. You know, I knew what we had. So I, I thought we matched up really well. So when, you know, Shaq Barrett was saying all the things he was saying, I'm just like, oh, man, we just – we waiting to get another shot at y'all. You know, <laughs> same thing with San Fran, San fault I mean, look, we know what they got over there. But, you know, I I like our offense. I like our guys when, you know, what we have on our offensive side of the ball. I, I really yeah. do. Uh I think sometimes we just need to establish that running game. And I think sometimes on the road, sometimes you need that motivation. And I think we play better when our backs are up against the wall, right? When people are doubting us going into that, that, that you know, their place. At home, you know, you hear all the boos. You, you know, you got a little bit more pressure to, to perform, to do well. And so you feel it. I I, I just sometimes, I it, when I, I'm looking at TV, and I'm I, I hear how quiet the stadium gets, and I'm just like, man, is this is this Arrowhead Stadium? I just and sometimes I don't know. It just I, it it bothers me sometimes. Yeah. Um, but I know those guys are really under a lot of pressure because they want to do well, and you see it, the frustration come out, like Travis Kelsey throwing his helmet, and the guys are trying to figure things out. And it's tough, man, when you try to do everything at your at your own backyard, man. Everything ain't working, right? I mean, you would have made everything, put the the power tech thing, out, you're trying to make everything look really flashy, and doesn't work, right? It's like, oh, dang God, everything's going wrong. So, it's tough. It's tough, man. It's tough, it's tough playing at home, but that's I like when the guys are sticking together, especially uh, on the road. That's what you want to be able to do. Championship teams win on the road. That that's I'm that is absolutely amplified through every locker room in the NFL you Want to be a championship team, you have to win on the road. You're expected to win at home, but you have to win on the road if you want to be a championship team.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with everything JD said. Um, but, but I will say, um, so the three wins we had away were Arizona, Tampa, San Francisco, and then the loss was Indianapolis. The only loss we have at home was Buffalo, right? So 3 1 and 3 so, I mean, our worst loss was the uh, the Indianapolis loss, I would say, and then. Buffalo at, at, at home was our only loss. I mean, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I guess there is, there is something to kind of having like going into a stadium where, you know, you have everyone uh, talking crap to you, you know, all the doubters in the stadium. So like, I guess maybe it's something to that kind of having that chip on your shoulder and being around that atmosphere with Tampa. We had a lot, we had a lot of things in that in, in, going for that, for that game. Um, and then San Francisco, that was just more hearing all the, the media that week, just saying that we were going to lose to this defense. Um, no, I, I I don't know, but uh I will say, yeah, the Indianapolis lost probably our worst loss this season, and that was an away one and our only, only home loss was Buffalo. So I mean, yeah. Um what uh, my question uh for uh, after watching this game, um what are your biggest, I guess, as we move on to this the second half of the part of the season? And I'll say, I thought I thought we we're gonna have a bigger showing tonight, coming off a of bye week. Andy Reid twenty twenty three coming off a of bye. You know, we come out looking like we were still on a bye week, um, at least the first half after the first two drives actually. But um, what was the one thing you were coming away from this game saying you you think we still need to improve on something? Something needs to be done with this team, whether it's you know. Um, Stru- changes within, you know, not play calling or anything, but like different that uh, kind of, um, you know, whether it is bringing up Shelton from the, from the practice squad or, you know, uh, or it's picking up somebody, what's that you think needs to be changed as we go to the this, this, this second half of the season from what we saw tonight?
0: Okay. Lance.
1: Oh, okay. Well, yeah, for me, it's two things. Um, uh, one of them, I think they can really help. And the other one, I don't know. It's going to really depend on how this guy does things down the stretch. Um, uh, I, I, I to reiterate the point about the running game. I think there is one real opportunity here the Chiefs have, and I think that they know it themselves because they maintained and kept him here, and it's bringing up Rojo, man. I know, I know, a lot of people just look at that and, and just scoff at it, but again, I really do challenge anybody to go and look at his career, his career production, and compare it to anybody that's on this current Chiefs staff right now. I'm telling you guys, it dwarfs. And he's younger. He's younger, or just as he's right in the same age range as obviously Clyde Edwards Slayer. younger than McKinnon by about five years. And obviously, Pacheco's still really young and proving himself. But Rojo is the guy that I, I still want to see in this offense because I think he can bring a dimension to this team that the, the, the running backs just don't bring in a consistent level. And I think that could really make things a lot easier for the team. The other one, man, that we haven't talked a lot about, I mentioned it earlier, is the kicking game. Guys, Harrison Butker is still struggling, and 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 this is a guy that's been one of the most accurate kickers in the history of the game. And I tweeted it out. I'm like, I'll never understand the, a, a guy that can nail 58 plus yard field goals in the clutch, the biggest moments of a game, and and a win it all playoff game. He'll sink them, no problem. I mean, he'll he's got ice in his veins. It doesn't matter. He'll knock it back. But then it's a 25 yard chip shot PAT, and he hooks it left by like 15 yards. I, I don't understand how he does that, how he's that different in those moments in time. It would make more sense if he missed the big field goal and nailed all the PATs. Mm-hmm. So Butker's got to get right. I know he suffered an injury in week one. and I'm sure it's still probably bothering him in some degree. So I'll give him a break. But this has been a problem he's had throughout his career since he's been with the Chiefs where he misses these PATs and you just don't get it. If he just nails that PAT early in the game, the Chiefs don't go into overtime. They win the mm-hmm. game. So these are the kind of things you cannot afford to have, man, when you have these high-stakes games. And we know that every single game the Chiefs are going to get an A effort from their opponent because they know that's the, that team's biggest game of the schedule. Harrison's got to knock those down, man, because he cannot cost the Chiefs games down the stretch for doing that. So those are my two big things for
0: sure. If, if I'm changing things, I, I I have to lean on some type of this running game, somehow, somewhere. I I, I got to get this thing going. I have to. I, I, if I'm looking at toward the future where teams can't just be teeing off on our, our tackles, just sitting back in coverage, we have to establish a, a, a very effective running game. You don't have to get 150 yards every game. Man, just get 90. How about 100? You're like 120. Let's look like in that range. We can definitely do that. Rojo is absolutely an answer. Why not? I mean, why not try or bring him in? And so I think somebody was talking about he's not a good blocker. Well, then that's what you got McKinnon for. Bring McKinnon when you know he's going to be a blocker. You know, so uh, – but you definitely have to establish that. I still think, you know, you have to have a, that defensive tackle that's going to be able to make a difference. you got to be able to do that too. Uh, I don't want to see Patrick sit back and throw the ball 68 times a game. I just – I. We don't need to see that. I don't want to see it. And I'm sure Patrick got some ice on his arm right now. He's just thinking about it. And mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, he'll, he, he'll do it. He can do it. But do you want him to? That's the question. Right. And so, uh, offensively, I, I, I desire maybe a little bit different play calling of what we were doing. There was a lot of zone. There was a lot of man that they were doing. They were switching it up. Uh, they, Like I said, they had a good game plan. Team look, teams are gonna, it's a copycat league. They're gonna look what Tennessee did against us and they're say, okay, let's take all the good things that Tennessee did against this offense, and we're gonna incorporate into the things that we're gonna do. And so it's uh it's one of those things that that you know is is it's gonna be a challenge for these guys to see it. But I think these guys they could get that, they could get that done. They could definitely get that done. But I do have to say, and I'm gonna keep harping on this we have to establish the one some way, somehow we have to establish the
2: one. Yeah. I, I agree with both you guys on that. Um, Lance, I'm glad you said the butker thing. Cause I tweeted something, um, about, I tweeted saying it was after he missed the extra point before he missed the kick you know i have noticed over the years you know he's he's big on missing these a- extra points and the, the, the kind of the gimmies, the ones where i've talked about in the past jd where i love more anderson because that was a kicker i saw growing up who was who is automatic from 35 to 45 it was automatic okay. it was automatic um and i you know with this offense we don't need these guys to be kicking 50 yard field goal scores we just need because we're gonna be scoring touchdowns this is all this is a touchdown offense just so make your extra points that's it um and i said I, I said low key i think if this continues i know he's got the injury so i'm sure that, that plays a big part in it but if this continues it's like i think maybe in the offseason that might be a, a low key thing we can maybe look at maybe going to get a, a younger a younger cheaper guy you know like a, one of these, one of these guys in of college who could, be, who could be a badass um but obviously not high on my priority list but i mean if this continues that's an issue that's two kicks uh two weeks ago in San francisco missed a 30 yard kick i mean that's that's these are gimmies that we shouldn't be missing
0: I guess my – my uh Dude, I, I'm, I'm telling you, man, the bad kick, kicking game is going around the league like the flu. I mean, yeah, when you, look, there's plenty of guys up sitting there, and they're blowing it. They are absolutely blowing it. And I'm sitting there thinking, man, what is going on with the kickers just in the NFL? Seriously. I mean, it's just – it's all the way around. Like, you see guys that you think was automatic before, and they're missing it. I think the only one that you could really kind of hang your hat on is saying as consistent as they are is Tucker. Right, oh Tuck yeah. out there. So you know, that Joker right there, man. You talking about ice in his veins. He's ice. He yeah. in his veins. That's what that Joker is. <laughs> so, um, and,
1: I, and I think I think kickers sometimes get the yips every once in a while. It's because it's a mental game. Yes, kickers know that they're only going to see the the field every you know five six times a game at most. So they got to make the most of it. And, and and usually they're in there at high stakes situations. So there's a lot of pressure on those guys. So I'm going to give him a break. But I, Marcus, I I think there's something to what you're saying though. Because I'm somebody that's not as loyal to kickers as some might be. Because you know, when you have a guy for a few years, you get comfortable with them, and you know, like I remember when Cole quit, when Dustin Cole quit, was up for that contract, uh, and they, you know, he's making like four and a half million dollars, and the Chiefs, the Chiefs got rid of him, and everybody's like, oh my God, how could he's been here for 16 years? How could they do that? Well, you gotta go, you gotta go younger, you gotta get cheaper at those positions, man. You gotta save money somewhere, and I think that, yeah, I, I'm agree, I'm agree with you. If Butker does not improve. This second half of the season, I will entertain that thought because, to me, kickers can be interchangeable because, as J.D. just alluded to, there's a flu pandemic going around, man, when it comes to kickers missing field goals. And if you have that on a team that can win a Super Bowl, you can't afford to have that around, man. You're going to have to fix that. And there's a lot of guys out there trying to prove themselves in this league to get a job. There might be a guy out there because who would have thought... Harrison Butker would have ever been special. He was on the Panthers practice squad when the Chiefs got him. Nobody knew who Harrison Butker was. Now look at him. One of Mm. the most accurate kickers in the history of the game. Those guys are out there, man. And if he doesn't do his job, he knows even his days could be numbered.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Lawrence Tynes, a friend of our show, he um, he saw my tweet. He quote tweeted and said, said a
0: gif saying, nah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's a big blood Those he kids actually, stay loyal, baby. They know their guys, you know. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Listen,
0: look, like you said, it, look, it's, it's a mental game, right? And somebody was like, man, how, will, will the coach go and grab the kick? I said, man, you leave that guy alone. Do not – don't say nothing to him. If you want to deal with it, you deal with it after the game is over, okay? Yeah. But you leave those guys alone. Let them go through all they have to you know, as far as – all the time and whatnot. Let them play their mental game on their own. Okay, mm-hmm. don't don't do it. Don't 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 mess with the kicker. Okay, if you want to have a talk, something after the end, fine. But, God,
1: could you imagine? Could you imagine being a kicker and missing one of JD's pissed at you? That'd be <laughs> terrifying, dude. Like, I'm I'm glad I wasn't a kicker on the Chiefs because if JD was pissed at me, man, I, I'd have to I'd have to send like Willie roe his way to to block <laughs> me because Willie Rofe would be the only guy that might have a chance.
0: <laughs> hey well, man, that was a special teams coordinator. For number years, and I, I I was pretty patient. I was patient, you you know. I understood understood the focus, and like, look, I don't want to get on you because if if we get angry, you're gonna be a wreck. Believe me, you know, one of the footballers. Yeah, take it easy. Hey, J.D., JD can, you
1: can be a teddy bear, but you turn into a grizzly real quick. You know. Oh yeah.
2: Well, I, you you told me that that uh, Coach Romiel hated hated the specialty. Oh. He he hated, he hated the kickers and he hated the, the punters. Um, <laughs> so how, how would that work if, like, let's say Lawrence Smith the kick or something? Would he like would he flip out on the kicker or no? Or uh, how, no, how would he react to him. his kicks?
0: No, not on the kicker, but he he'd be flipping out on the sideline enough where the kicker could hear it. <laughs> All you had to do is kick the ball. That's it. <laughs> <The> one job. <laughs> <The> one <laughs> job on it. Kick the ball. So. <laughs> He yeah, you know. was the original special teams uh, the uh, First ever, man. Yeah, that's what yep. he started with So he, he was playing around with them he did, he did not let them He let them jokers know he did not like <laughs> them at all you know. He stand them But he just, hey You don't want to put it in their hands <laughs> Every time, they'll screw you Jeez, okay.
2: That's Come great, on. man yeah, I mean, and that's the one thing. It's like, obviously, kickers, you know, Tynes, you know, as he, he said, nah, to me, saying we should may seek out a new kicker in the offseason if this continues. Uh, but I remember when that game, it was that, that Thursday night game where we didn't know if, uh, with, uh, if Buck were going to play or not, and we signed Amendola two days before the, the game, Tynes was like, uh, yeah, he was just, oh, the little I know about Amendola, he goes, I would take uh, Bucker at 50% over, over Amendola. And this is the... It's not saying you know, not dogging Amendola. I guess just, you know, just look at the guy's career of their history because you can look at their yeah. kicks, you know, with the percentages over time. But he said fifty percent uh, of Butker was better than Amendola. So obviously, Times is a big fan of Butker of what he can do, and you know, obviously, Butker at his best, it's fantastic. But we're just saying, if he continues at this, at the rate he's kind of going right now, you know, missing the
0: gimmies and
2: that can hurt. They can really come back and bite us.
0: So um. he's having a time, man. He's, he's having a moment right now. Yeah, every time. will he, back, clutch.
2: Yeah.
0: I'm reading this one right here. Does Reed number 20 and Chanel remind you of Story said and No-man from last year? Readers off Chanel, not sure about.
2: Wow. Read
0: Yeah, they now they're not like those guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah that
1: might be a little reactionary.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, damn both. No. <laughs> no, <no. No>, no. <laughs>
2: um, yeah. Um I will say uh, with the game today, um, the the one of the big things that did stand out to me um, was special teams. I know we, we we've we've kind of talked about special teams in the past, um, and Watson was back there with um, it was Sky Moore and Watson were back there on that one punt return, but the the punt went to Watson on that one, and um, he looked pretty good. He caught caught it, you know, he, he caught it well, field, got like eight to ten yards on that. Looked looked pretty good. People were, were loving that on uh, on Twitter that it, you know. It, it was somebody else other than Sky Moore returning the, the punt. Um, I thought we were going to see Kadarius Tony out there a little bit. We didn't, we didn't get to see him on special teams. But right off the gate, he uh, got, got that first touch. I thought I was, I was surprised by that.
1: I love that Andy did that. I love that Andy did that. Yeah, me too. I'm like, whoa, okay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's all right. That was cool. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but I, I agree about the punt thing. Just um, I did love the fact that later in the game you saw McColl start taking them
0: because yeah.
1: I've always said that McColl is he's the only guy that I feel comfortable with back there. Uh, yeah. getting those punts, and you saw that he started making he started uh, putting the Chiefs in better field position as well. So, um, yeah, Sky Moore back there makes me nervous as hell. I'm glad Watson got that. I do love that Sky did sell it. When he, he he acted like he was getting the ball, and the defense, mm-hmm. you saw the special team start to shift over, and I think that's why Watson was able to get that little pocket mm-hmm. and make something of it. So yeah, but yeah, Watson, man, it just he made an incredible catch tonight as well. Like he just he's a reliable asset, man, and I I, I really like that acquisition more and more as the season goes on, man. He's he's you can tell this guy's like yeah, I want to keep a roster spot, man, because if Odell Beckham gets here. Uh, my snaps might might dwindle to zero, so I'm trying to like show that I can do things if you guys need me to. And he's averaging 17 yards per reception this year and two touchdowns, so I, I like the kid.
0: Yeah, it was good. I, I actually stood up when uh, Pacheco let the ball go. I was like, "Let it go." Hey, good job. Yeah. We, we, we,
2: we had a commenter saying that was the, the yeah. best thing. He, that was the best thing he did all day. Was the, <laughs> let, the uh, let, let it go in overtime.
0: <laughs> yeah, That's I, 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 I give him a hard time, man. You know, <laughs> uh, I was uh-huh. good. They, uh, you know, special teams without a doubt is is very is, is vital uh, to you winning. And like you said, McCall Harmon back there definitely gives you a, a, a feel of confidence. We've yes. done it before? no problem with that and so like you said tony when he comes in he's gonna be that guy you know so it it it, it gives me i feel good with tony coming into this offense i think that like just seeing tonight just on the little quick screen i was like oh shoot we're gonna get him he's gonna fit in this thing well he will Mm -hmm. fit in this thing well so yeah
2: It goes to what you said last year. We talked about getting Josh Gordon involved, and you were talking about how it's it's a it's a really a little person offense, and like that it's kind of this offense kind of unfamiliar to him. And Tony fits that mold, what we like, and you saw right away he kind of fit in being a week week into the the, being on the team. He's getting he's getting the first nap.
0: Oh yeah, quick, you know, quick twitch guys. You know what I'm saying? Like little dudes get ball in hand, let them you know wiggle around in space and stuff like that. He's gonna fit really well. Hey, yep. we might do the ball seventy-five times this time. Shoot, would they joking in.
1: <laughs> they may not have to run the ball. Like, ah, oh, we got well, this dude gets a yak attack. You know what I
0: mean?
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right, fellas. Well, that does it for us in this late-night show of uh, of chief concerns. Thanks for everyone uh, for stopping by and uh, and chatting with us, uh, Lance. Uh, you can catch Lance on the spoken podcast every Saturday. Uh, Lance got a thing in store for uh, right. us this week.
1: Hell yeah! And let me just say, as always, man, it's a it's a privilege and an honor to do a Chief Concerns uh, After Dark at this point. You know, this is one of those kind of nights. Of you know, we had some uh, some some late night festivities here, but yes, man, we're gonna have a great show this next uh, next Saturday. Uh, we're gonna break down obviously what just took place in this game, and then we're gonna talk a lot about the Chiefs and Jaguars, what to expect in that matchup. It's gonna be a ton of fun. Uh, but definitely, obviously, subscribe to this show because I always have a blast with these guys. These are the most informed dudes out there, and I appreciate you each and every week. And thank you for allowing me to to plug my show as well, man. We have a lot of fun each and every week on the Spoken Podcast. You guys can definitely hit us up. We have weekly and daily discussions as well on Facebook and Twitter. So if you're not, if you don't want to wait till next Saturday, you can join us on our Facebook group and our Twitter page, man. We are constantly talking football. We're constantly talking sports. So if that's your thing, come on by.
2: Yeah, and, and Lance ain't lying about that. Lance actually, Lance is actually, one of the first ones to post any kind of Chiefs like stats that you see that you see these guys like Nick Wright tweet out or speak about. Where's he getting that from? He's getting from that guy right there that we're talking <laughs> to right now. That's it's, it's true. No, seriously.
0: <laughs> Thank you, bro. I appreciate it, man. Good work, Lance. Always, man. Thank Always you, guys. you, my brother. Always great seeing you, man. You keep continue the great, great work you've been doing.
1: Nice. I appreciate that. And I tell you guys every time. Whenever you're in KC, you guys, barbecue's on me. You can't pass that up. You know what I'm saying? You can't
0: pass it up. Absolutely. 100%.
2: Absolutely. <laughs> yep. And then uh, for everything else, for Chief Concerns, uh, JD and I will be on our, our usual time. Uh, you'll see the episode Thursday. I'll try to get it up by the Thursday by noon um, so you guys can get the latest Chief Concerns as we preview the upcoming game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Andy Reid Bowl, D- Dougie P versus uh, Andy. Uh, nice, little, nice little reunion there. Um, Jay, did you play with Dougie B in, uh, Philly or no?
0: Yeah. So, so Doug got up there when I was, when I, uh, my last year in Philly. So I know, okay. I know Doug real well. Good guy. I like Doug a lot, man. So, uh, brilliant, brilliant dude. Just, I mean, just a warm, warm guy. You know, he's a QB, man. He's, he's, he's good people. He's good people. So it's, it's going to be, uh, you know, the mentor, you know, and, and, you know, apprentice, how are we going to do with this? So mm-hmm. it's going to be good, man. Hey, wait for
2: this matchup. Jedi, the Jedi master. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, that does it for us. Thanks for tuning in to Chief Concerns presented by Bet Online. We'll see you guys on Thursday, and we'll see you guys on Saturday with the Spoken Podcast. So we'll see you guys next week. Hi, everybody. Thanks for watching. Subscribe here to get the latest from the show. Also, be sure to check out the best clips from Chief Concerns. And if you prefer to listen to the show, subscribe and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify,